You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. up folks welcome back to another episode of Habs Nightly it has been a pretty decent week we will find out what Mason did this week uh and I guess we might as well fucking do it now Mason how are you bud oh I'm pretty good man pretty good audio sounding good I'm sure you had a good week man oh it was all right I just worked um haven't done too too much it's my last week starting up here uh before i head off back to school so i'm pretty excited for that and nice looking forward to uh you know getting on with new program new school yeah, heading, heading to the heading to the pete's territory huh yep up in peterborough at trent university that's sick dude you uh you did anything this weekend, bro? I know it's Sunday when we were recording, but you know, most of the um, most of the weekend's gone. I didn't do too much, to be honest. Like I went out Friday. Yeah. Just I gotta say, took some fucking dubs at beer pong. Let me tell you. <laughs> I think I took. I think me and me and Rye took one loss in like twenty games. We just fucking. Damn. House. Oh, I know. It was it was a run, a run of the ages. It sounds dirty. This was up. Anything else you watch? Any uh, any sporting, sporting? Things? I, I'll be honest. Um, I didn't watch the gold medal game. Okay. I was watching on Twitter. I was watching the uh, keeping updated with it. Right. But I just, I don't know. I couldn't be asked. I was. I was more interested in, um, yeah, just watching like Crave and chilling out. Just kind of had the day yesterday, Saturday to myself. I wasn't, I don't know. I just wasn't as invested in this World Juniors. Well, we'll they finally had fans. (laughs) They had fans for this game. I mean, gold medal game, right? You're going to, the people are going to show up to that. Right. Heard that. Um, That's good. You had pretty. Sounds like a pretty fun weekend. Uh, any new shows? I had some cool shit come out this week. Uh, you dabbled on anything? Or are you still just gung ho um, on your Game of Thrones? I'm watching Game of Thrones. I was watching that today. I also started a show called Banshee with Antony Starr. Nice. He's uh, played Homelander. I, I really like it. I enjoy it. It's kind of a different show, different change of pace from Game of Thrones, but Oh, sorry, yawning. Um, no, yeah, just kind of getting the game. Get, I'm finally getting into like past the books in Game of Thrones, which is mm-hmm. the only reason I'm watching it because I read the books, I love the books, I want to know how it ends. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
We're okay. we're slow, slowly picking away there. Okay. Uh, that's what's up. Uh, let's see. I watched it. Pretty good. Um, decent week. Uh, my cousin was out the entire week. Uh, I took a vacation to be home with his baby. Um, so I just worked with the new kid all week who uh, is actually a pretty good kid. Um, dumb as fucking rocks, though. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's all there, but he's not all there. It's kind of it's kind of hard to. I think that I think that gives it justice. And this is by no means shit talking this kid because uh, he does it to himself and it's fucking fantastically hilarious. Um, let's see. I watched episode one of She-Hulk. I think I think it came out like Thursday night or Friday or some shit. Watched it really good. Thought it was really fucking good. Um, I'm back on King of the Hill. It's oh it's like a really good, you know, Amerimation, uh, <laughs> cozy Southern show to watch. Um, let's see. Yesterday, I I went and watched the fights by my buddy's house. My buddy Nick, who got in that uh, who got in that accident. Uh, he's back home. Uh, he's still in the chair, still working on, you know, like walking and stuff again. He's not yet out of the chair. They haven't started like uh, rehabbing his legs yet, but he's home. So that's awesome. We watched the fights. Some of them sucked. Some of them were great. Last fight sucked until like the, obviously till the end of it. Uh, okay. Dude, I, did, I literally fixed my hat. And it was over. And I was like, this is a fucking boring fight. I was about to get on my phone. And I, I literally like adjusted my hat and I pulled my hat down and then put it back up. And he was fucking on the ground just dazed. And I was like, fuck, how did I miss that? And it was a beautiful, beautiful fucking kick. Fainted, fainted with the left hand and just drew him in. Um, Sick fight. Um, Let's see what else. I ate some fast food. Not proud of it, uh, but I, I. What's that? Sorry, Usman was the pound for pound, right? Yes, he was the favorite, and um, I forgot how much you had to put down, but like, uh, you could have made like forty thousand dollars if you picked Edwards yesterday. Uh, so I'm sure someone at DraftKings did that. Fucking, you know, is going to be able to pay for a sexy vacation and some. Um. I lost, you know what, guys, uh, on my little weight loss journey, I've lost uh, a significant amount of weight since I started. I'd say since I started going to the gym, I'm down another like 15 pounds. Um, But like total since the accident, like since getting back to work, I'm down. um, like 60 60 65 pounds somewhere around that um still still fat as shit <laughs> uh, but i'm working on it um uh, dude what else it was a pretty it was a pretty good weekend dude i'm not gonna lie uh it did rain every fucking day except for today um but of course i was too fucked up from the night before to like even want to attempt to cut the grass so that's just a it's gonna be a pain in the ass this week uh, gold medal game, like yourself, um, kind of caught up with it on Twitter. Didn't find out the game was on until like halfway. 
because I got a uh, an, I got a notification about Joshua Wah scoring. Um, but it obviously was like way later because you know why would they send me a notification on time? Um, I think that's it. Um, oh oh oh, I'm playing Guardians of the Galaxy. It's on uh, it's on Xboxes. Um, I have the premium whatever you know pay to play shit I, I forgot what it's called game pass game pass so i have the premium one so i get all like the the ea games too this game's fucking awesome i i never gave it a chance i do like guardians of the galaxy but i felt like it was kind of played out i didn't really want to spend the money on it so i'm glad this is like one of the few reasons why i keep game pass um other than to play like fifa and shit um I, I booted it up the other day, dude. And then Square Enix pops up. I had no idea this was like created by them. So like the game's just built really well, very colorful. A lot of um a lot of like inside jokes and great 80s references. Like obviously, like they can use like Disney stuff. Um, but like as far as like making it real, I guess I could say to like eighties culture, like, you know, uh, the game starts and you're like in a 13 year old Peter Quill's room and, um, they have like cool movie posters and you can tell what the fuck it is. Like, you know, like there's a book for like, uh, pet cemetery, but it's called like animal graveyard and shit like that. And, um, just really cool 80s uh like motifs all around it and one they got this band so they created the band called star lord and i don't know if this is like based on the comics like this is why he calls himself that is because of a band he liked but they actually had uh, a group of guys make a whole like 80s metal album it's fucking 10 songs it's like 56 minutes long and you can sit and listen to the entire album uh, on his little fucking Walkman cassette. Uh, so like before I even started the game, I just sat in the house, found that I can do that and didn't even play it for an hour. Just sat and listened to the album. The album's actually really fucking good, like really good. And I just got drunk. <laughs> so the first day I went to play it, I got about two hours in. And then I was like, dude, I'm like falling asleep. and like too messed up to play this game. Uh, but the game is really fun uh great interactive i'm sold on it i hope i sold someone else on it it's really worth the play um it's not how do i say it's not as on rails as you would expect it to be they still give you a lot of freedom to me mason it feels like i'm playing like just a marvel version of um fallen order you know, oh, really? not not as much freedom, but enough, you know, enough to where like you're not just following like, yeah, you're following an objective and you don't have free reign on, of your terrain. But there's like nooks and crannies for you to find. And then because it's Square Enix, of course, there's like little things you need to find and shit like costumes and fucking, you know, like just fun material like you 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 find like these like like little hologram uh messages and shit and you can read about like what's going on why was this left here type of shit you know so it's like and I, i'm like a completionist when it comes to video games like that so it's 
may, it's like drawing the game out longer. You know, some people slow down because mm-hmm. they don't want to beat the game too quick. This helps in that, but a uh, very well put together game. I, I have to add. No, it's sweet. Might have to check it out. Um, Dude, it's worth it. It's worth it. But yeah, getting back to the World Juniors. Yeah, get us get us back. Get us back on track, bud. Well, World Juniors are just huge for a number of reasons. Huge. Fans. <laughs> huge. Fucking huge. Um, for starters, the Americans fucking choke. Oh, please stop. Please stop. And Czechia in the quarterfinals because we all know Canada. Say something stupid. I say say something stupid. Canada can't be beat. You're running out of kids. Okay. Like, and I know you have like a, a, a warehouse full of, you know, first overalls and shit like that. But you're running, you're running low on like how like fucking jam packed these teams are going to be. You're going to have like just a handful soon. And I can't wait to upset you again. It won't happen. It's certainly not going to happen this December. Probably not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, yes, Canada, or even t- start talking about Mishak, which is who I want to speak about. And then we also have to speak about a big trade. Um, we actually have shit to talk about today. It's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Canada wins the gold medal game uh, in large part due to Josh Waugh scoring a goal early on. And, Josh Waugh. You know, a phenomenal overtime goal from Logan Stankoven setting up Kent Johnson. Kent Johnson just got phenomenal phenomenal silky hands but mason mctavish on the fucking goal line unreal save of the year from a forward reaches behind and pulls pulls the puck back with the hand of god canada (laughs) has the golden goal we now have the golden save that was phenomenal um, yeah, just an incredible sequence of events for the Canadian team. Happy we took the took the dub, and Josh Waugh put up a very quiet, a quietly phenomenal performance with the World Juniors. Eight points. Uh, I believe he was fourth in team scoring behind um, Selwiger, uh, McTavish and Bedard with eight points. He just, yeah, put on a great show. Started on the top line, moved down to the third, ended on the top line again. Josh Waugh was a fifth-round pick a year ago. And it was just, yeah, like, this is just incredible. What we saw from him, I think, exceeded my expectations for sure. And he's received a lot of praise from, you know, scouts alike just based on his performance and how he's done. So that was great to see him doing well. Corey, I don't know. Did you get to see any of his highlights? Like he, he played so fucking well. Yeah. Um, I, I caught, I caught up with it a little bit Um, on Twitter, unfortunately. And it's, it's not really like an unfortunately, but like, because Mason McDavish did that, like that's all you could find. Like you got to dig so much further because it's just all replays of Mason McTavish. 
Um, but no, phenomenal. Um, I'm glad he was talked about. I'm glad that he's getting his justice because I mean he played he played really good. He played so good this tournament. Um, and like it, I mean it, it even shows like for him to, you know, to to get moved down and then to still continue. Um, I, I don't want to say like you know to like find a way to battle back like he found his role numerous times i guess is the easiest way for me to try to make make sense of my brain um but just never giving up and joshua wah just i don't know makes me excited to see him in the future play for the montreal canadians yeah i think joshua's stock definitely uh increased not just obviously this year we've spoken about him so fucking much but just from the start of this tournament i think you know fans may not give him the appreciation like fans of other teams mm-hmm. that um you know we do and that he deserves simply because you know it was he wasn't flashy right but he averaged more ice time than any forward on the canadian team in multiple games wow Fans of other teams may not take note of that. Fans of other, or sorry, but executives of other teams certainly will. Mm-hmm. Habs front office certainly has. Josh Waugh's hype, like the hype surrounding him and his value has gone up tremendously. And in a position of need for the Habs, the Habs have a lot of right wingers. They have a decent center pool now. Another addition to the center fold, which we'll get to talk about. We're teasing it a little bit. Left wingers were kind of lacking, and Joshua fills a great role there for the Habs. Um, yeah, another player, uh, though, moving on, unless you have any more you want to talk about Joshua, I thought we could move to young Meshach. No, no, we can move forward. I'm tired. I'm tired. I oh, good. <laughs> of course, I'm like in the middle of yawning, and you're heading to me but no no I, I think we did his you know justice uh Jan Mishak once again captained the Czech team and captained them to a brilliant performance the performance they finished fourth in a tight game against Sweden in which Mishak did score a game tying goal he was hyping up the crowd trying to get his team back into it they fought well against Sweden ultimately Sweden beat them but Mishak also got them again, got them past the U.S. in the quarterfinal, as I mentioned, and put up just incredible shot totals, good points. He was their best player, all in all, their best player. He had the single highest time on ice of any player in the tournament, played 26 minutes one game as a forward. Wow. And for his efforts, he made the media all-star selection team as one of the three forwards along along with McTavish. Hmm. So <laughs> a pretty good performance from Jan Mishak, one team MVP as well. Another guy that we've raved about a lot. I think he's kind of been forgotten with all the prospects we've added, but Jan Mishak, like he played really, really well. And this is a guy that, you know, he's gonna go to the AHL, I believe, this year probably unless he returns to Hamilton. I'm not sure what they're doing there because he did play with Laval last year. Mm-hmm. For, if he does go to Laval, I think either way it could be great. I think he's ready for Laval. I think he's shown that these world juniors 
and just another guy I'm so excited to see um possibly play for the Habs in a couple of years. This guy just I don't know how he fell to the second round. He was a projected 20, 20, 20th to twenty sixth overall pick. First round talent fell to the second round. And it just looks like that pick's paying off more and more for the Habs. Is this would have been his this is his final um world juniors, correct? I don't know. Not um, sure. Because of the way the rules, the because of this World Juniors is technically last year's World Juniors, I'm not sure. Meshach right. do turn 20 mm-hmm. if he's not already 20. So I don't know if he's eligible. I believe he's an O2 birthday. So. He's my age, but it also depends what um what month he's born. Uh, June, late June. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know where. It, like, yeah, we don't know the, the cutoff for. I think. Worlds. I think. I think it's his last. I'm not sure, but I'm going to say it's probably his last World Juniors. And he's captain the last three for Czechia, right? Czechia. Uh, yes, three including this one because he mm-hmm. captained this one, the last one, and the one before. But. Nice. The last one and this one were basically it, it's, it's mm-hmm. you know you see yeah like, well I mean hell of a run for them and you know not their teams aren't as you know stacked as as other teams but like for a young kid like this like you said like to have as much as twenty six minutes on ice as a forward um and I'm sure it was like that you know at least two of the three years he's played he's he's was like the the engine on ice at all times, you know. Um, speaks value for this kid. Uh, played Laval last year, like you said. Um, and then with a lot of the guys from Laval getting dealt or moving on, there's some holes, and I don't see why he's not, you know, being brought back for that. Yeah, no, I, th- I I'm not sure what the Habs are doing. I believe he's... Listen, I mean the way the way junior eligibility works kind of confuses me at times. I think it's his AHL season. I'm uh-huh. pretty positive, and he'll be joining a pretty strong cast of newcomers down there, including Arbor Jacki, uh, teammate of his in Hamilton. So actually, yeah, it is his. It mm-hmm. is his AHL season. Now that I think about it, him and Jacki will both be headed. Both the former Bulldogs will be headed to, um, Laval this. This fall, um, yeah, but speaking of new additions, uh, we have one. We had a trade, and the, the thing I think everyone's been wanting us to talk about, I've been excited to talk about since it occurred. But first, before we get to that, we have a message from our friends at DraftKings. Absolutely. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly. It's win or lose. This is big. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which teams will score first, and more. Um, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, best of all. 
You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $5 on college football, and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for terms and resources. You got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. One one per customer, a minimum $5 deposit and a wager. $200 issued as eight. That's the number eight. 25 free bets. Um, I don't know. I'm sure if I pulled my fucking dad in here, he could he could run up uh what games to fucking look for. Um, but I'm sure LSU. No, I sh- I heard LSU lost their fucking quarterback. Uh, I'm sure SEC. Just go SEC. Go fucking Alabama. Um, uh, you probably won't go fucking wrong. Don't go any of the new the new guys that have jumped into the SEC. I'm sure they're gonna suck for a while. Like, texas and shit um but yeah folks if you're listening and you like college football you surely probably know more than i do uh but we do have a college game coming up down here against florida state why i don't know but it is free money for me so i'm gonna take it but um you guys should bet on college football it's actually pretty fun and college is is a lot better to watch than the nfl but anyway uh yeah let's get to it mason Okay, yes, so. Yes, so. This has to mock me. <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens have acquired, as I'm sure you've heard, Sean Monahan and a first overall, or sorry, a first round pick in exchange for team legend future considerations. Um, yeah, so Calgary made this deal, obviously, to accommodate for Nazem Kadri. Sean Monaghan has one year left, making $6.25 million, I believe, mm-hmm. $6. something million. They needed that room to sign Kadri to his seven-by-seven seven seven, uh, deal. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it makes sense. Kadri is an improvement on Monaghan uh, from last season. I don't, you know, we can talk about the Kadri deal all you want. We knew he was going to get paid. I, I'm actually kind of surprised it's not more. So make of that what you will, but we're here to talk about the Habs side of the deal. Um, This is just – look, I saw I saw a lot of fans when it came out, talk, what, we don't need Monaghan, this is stupid, blah, blah, blah. Where are we getting the cap space? Well, that was my only question too, and it came out that Price will probably start the season on LTIR. So, that being said, this fits right under the cap. Montreal just acquired Sean Monaghan for for nothing. Pennies on the dollar. Yeah, which I think at its face value would have already been – it would have been a a win for Kent Hughes. Everything's a win for Kent Hughes. (laughs) Well, yeah, because you're acquiring a player who – has suffered. His play has suffered drastically. He is not the 82 30, 82.34 goal guy that we saw three years ago. 
Mm-hmm. But he's also been suffering from some terrible injuries, and he's only 27 years old. Yeah. With one year left. So that tells me that Sean Monahan could very easily bounce back. He's gone through surgery. He says he's 100% healthy. He's taken some time off. He's in an environment now in which he doesn't need to play through pain. He's not playing for anything to win for. Mm-hmm. He's got the time, he's got the opportunity to rest all he wants until he's 100%. He's also playing on a team that's probably going to be very offensively oriented. He's going to get opportunities to play on the first power play, maybe play on the first line, second line. Those looks will be there. Sean Monahan, if that's all we acquired, all we acquired from this deal could turn into, could put up 30 something points before the trade deadline, 30, 40, you know, has maybe won't be a point per game, come back to be a solid 60 point player. And then if you're not looking to re-sign him, you can flip him for a, for a pick, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's reasonable to say. And he also fills this, he takes some pressure off of Kirby Doc, who we assume was going to have to, you know, have some of those, you know, big minute center responsibilities. Right. Well, you also got the Flames to pay you a first round pick. Now, the conditions for this pick are absolutely absurd, and I'm not going to try and break them down. Basically, Montreal has the opportunity to have a pick in either 2024, 2025, or 2026. Hmm. Regardless of what happens, we will have a first-round pick from Calgary. Whether we're getting it from Florida or Calgary, we're getting a first-round pick with the opportunity of getting an additional third or fourth. That's all you need to know, really. Otherwise, you're just... If you want to read the, the whole details, Cat Friendly broke it down pretty well. It's very. It confusing. still made me very. Uh, <laughs> it broke it down well, but I'm still lost. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not easy to follow, and even the insiders were saying it was very complicated. So now, when I look at this deal, I'm basically seeing it as, okay, Montreal is a free first round selection, ideally. And I may I may be contrarian here. I hope it's Calgary's 2026 pick because that team, you look at who they just signed, mm-hmm. Malcolm Kadri is 31-32, to a seven-by-seven seven deal, so $7 million for seven years. They just extended Jonathan Huberto. Tyler Toffoli they have. Uh, Mackenzie Weger, who else? It's uh, an aging, regardless, it's an aging core. Mm-hmm. They need to win now. I think that can be agreed on. 2026, they could come into some cap issues. They could be regressing. I think that's the pick you want from Calgary, personally. So it would be ideal if maybe we could get that. You have the opportunity to get a top 10 pick from Calgary. Or even any, I think the only the only pick we can't have is first overall. It's first overall protected. That's it. Okay. And on top of that, you're getting you're getting Sean Monahan, who I think there's a world of possibilities here. If I think Monahan's young enough that, and he, if he if he improves his play, if he gets back to who we know he can be, you can re-sign that guy, and that could be your second line center. 
or a second line winger or mm-hmm. whatever. That's a piece of player. And Monahan's game is always he's never been the fastest. It's always been his brain. And when you're in pain, it's hard to, you know, you don't think as well. And I think that's yeah. what happened to Monaghan's game. So I think if Montreal gets Monaghan back and, you know, I'm not saying they're going to turn him into something, but, I, you know, uh, well, he could, I, he could be. It's a zero risk gamble, really, right? Yeah, no, I think that's the best way to say it, honestly. Yeah, and if he does well and the money's not there, we need to re-sign Caulfield. We need to do this. We need to do that. Mm-hmm. It's another I, bargaining chip. Listen, we got a first-round pick for Ben Sherratt. If Sean Monahan, a young 27-year-old center who just recently put up 82 – we know can put up 82 points, mm-hmm. 34 goals, 30 goals, 25 goals, whatever. Whatever you want to say. Even if he go, gets on a 20-goal pace, teams will pay – First round picks for a guy who can put up twenty goals at the trade deadline. They will absolutely do it. Right. Especially after watching what Arturi Lekinen did for the Colorado Avalanche this year. Mm-hmm. And what even what Nick Paul did for Tampa, even though they didn't win. Teams will do it. So Ken you Ken Hughes has basically for nothing for cap space, he was already going to have acquired a first round pick and the opportunity to get another first-round pick. Or at the bare minimum, he's acquired games played from a very talented player. Like you said, this guy doesn't miss. This is just... I'm ecstatic. (laughs) I really am. Like, this is fucking incredible. No, it really is. Um, Excuse me. Um... I think I think you I think you were really good. Like you hit it on the head uh, as far as like you know how do you how do you fit this guy in and, and stuff like that and like what he could bring to the team. Um, we saw up until Kachuk came in, it was just so heavy on just him and Johnny Gaudreau. Like that was the media's like outlook. Like you had to be the best on ice for Calgary, and I feel like that could have damaged him a bit. Um, I mean, I'll, not not anything as as much as him being like hurt, you know, for the past couple of years, just just kind of catching that, just you know, a bad string of it. But he gets a chance to come to a team that's like, yeah, it's going to be a bigger market, a more intense media presence, but they know what to expect from this team. You know, he's not like Calgary. Like Calgary is is was on the up and up. And this team is it's kind of in like a recovery, like he can fit in and re reestablish himself. And I feel like a little bit not as hostile environment because like we're, we're already going into the season with the expectations like we're not going to win a lot. We're going to win some, you know, but like the pressure is not as as mounting as a, you know, a playoff caliber team. And especially with a team you've been with for a long time that knows what you're capable of and expects it every year, no matter injury or headspace. Um, my fear is that, yes, now you, you pointed out pretty well, like about, you know, like they could fit him in center or wing. Um, what does that mean for us at, at center? Um, I think it's cool that, you know, he did play with Paul Byron for a couple of years when Paul Byron was in Calgary. Uh, and then I see he 
like every summer he trains with Jake Evans, which is awesome. But that that's where I'm going to. Um, is that if he is at the center role, what does that mean for Jake Evans? Um, you know, who's gonna who's gonna get left out? Hopefully, if I'm, honestly, mm-hmm. if I'm Jake Evans, I'm less concerned about my position in this team than if I'm Christian Dvorak. Really? Okay. Well, like Jake that's Evans, how I want to feel too. But like, well, let me let me explain my logic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jake Evans just signed a contract extension, did he not? Yes, he did. And I believe it was a multi-year deal. Let me quickly check. Um, Cap friendly. <laughs> it was a two-year two. Four, year, two yeah. No, you have it right. You have it right. I do have it right. Well, it's a four-year total, but I think the extension was to give him two more years on it. So he has a he has two years at one point seven million. No, sorry, three years at one point seven million dollars left. Mm-hmm. That's not much. He's twenty five years old, twenty six. He's a young center. He kills penalties. He knows his role. He will be a third line, fourth line player. He's more. I think he's a high. He's a third line guy. Right. A third line defensive guy who can chip in on the you know can be dangerous on the penalty kill can chip in offensively occasionally mm-hmm. he knows who he is Christian Dvorak on the other hand is an I would argue a better player than Jake Evans I think everyone can agree he's the same age but where Jake Evans overperforms his contract and overperforms expectations. Christian Dvorak last year severely underperformed. He's making four point four five million dollars a year. He has three years left, and this is the last year in which he doesn't have a modified no trade clause. Right. So the next two. So in two, so after this year, he will have a two years left with an eight team no trade list. So then, if he doesn't pick it up yet, if he has another bad year and he doesn't pick it up, well, then it's going to be harder to trade him, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I'll add that to the fact that you know you can stomach playing it, playing a one point seven million dollar player on your third line. You can stomach even playing him on your fourth line. You can't stomach playing Christian Dvorak on your third or fourth line, not with what he makes and what's what it, with what's expected of him. Right. So I don't know. I think I'd be more concerned if I was Christian Dvorak, and you know, there's no guarantee because you also have to we have to factor in Kirby Doc as well. Mm-hmm. Before before this move was even made. I think the center depth was Suzuki, Dvorak, Doc, and Evans. You're right. kind of you're kind of looking at Doc on the third, going, I don't know. You kind of want him higher, right? Yeah, and no, absolutely right. Now you add Monahan. Monahan's not like we said; he won't thrive on the third line. So right. I, yeah, I think there's a move coming, whether that's positionally, or whether that's 
on a, on a roster. I'm not sure. But I will say, in defense of Christian Dvorak, who, yeah, we, you know, people expected more from him last year. Offensively, from a purely point standpoint, because we won't talk about from a goal from a goal scoring standpoint, that was Dvorak's worst year yet, eleven goals. From a points perspective, that was the highest points per game he's ever averaged in his career. Hmm. So it's a difficult decision, uh, to say the least. I think, I'm, and I'm when I said if I'm Christian Dvorak, I'm more nervous. I'm not saying I want to get rid of Christian Dvorak. And this is a, a you know a self-proclaimed Jake Evans apologist. I love Jake Evans. He's one of my favorite players. I don't really know what the move is here, though. And I think it'll be interesting to uh, to see what Kenny Hughes and Jeff Gordon come up with. I think even if you move one of them, one of your centers, you're still going to have to flip-flop with, um, with players positionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, you know, I wonder, and I'll ask you for your opinion, because it, it's kind of, I think it's kind of, Maybe a little random, but I think you can connect the dots. I wonder if this Sean Monahan trade means that we will absolutely not see Slavkovsky in the NHL next year. Oh, that's a good point. Hmm. Um. I. You know what? I wouldn't be opposed to it. I know that we're all overly impressed with this kid especially after seeing you know the 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 training last month um but i mean if i if if in our talks with um god i'm not even going to say it uh when we talked about it last time um we even said that if we had taken Shane right we would understand if he if he went a year you know before playing here definitely feel like I, I can easily say the same for Slavkovsky could you still use a bit of development um which is still give him his nine games let him get hungry and be like okay you got your taste you loved it go fucking earn it you know so if he was to come it would make this even a tougher decision but I mean there are outliers on this team um, that I would like to see. I don't want to say I'd like to see you go, but you know, with what we just received, there are some candidates that have to kind of shift around for favorites, like like you said, like a Jake Evans, to not lose ice time. Well, I think too, Marty Marty St. Louis has shown in his short coaching career, uh, especially with Caulfield. He's not afraid to play guys out of position. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, I guess I kind of look at this roster more with top six spots than I do positionally when it comes to the forwards. Right. And when you're talking about your top six, I guess, uh, sorry, I'm going to backtrack a little here. I think the biggest challenge Marty St. Louis is going going to face early on with this roster 
is the utilization of his offensive players. I think, you know, say what you want. The Habs have needs positionally. We need defensemen. We need goaltending. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We need everything. But the biggest, I think, setback, holdback for Marty is that Montreal has a lot of players who are young and need top six minutes to succeed. Right. So finding those positions while also not burying your veterans is going to be difficult. Because you look at the top six, Caulfield and Suzuki are locks, right? Absolutely. Sure. I think Jonathan Druen's a lock. I think Christian Dvorak has to be a lock. Josh Anderson's a lock. That's five. Mm-hmm. And now you've got to try to find a way to fit Sean Monaghan, Brendan Gallagher, Kirby Doc, Doc, Mike Hoffman, Mike Hoffman <laughs> Evgeny Dadanov. That's another five. Yeah. And I'm not saying by, by no means do we have 10 top six level players there because they're not. They're not all worthy of that. I think there's there's actually maybe they are quote unquote worthy. They can play there, but you've got to figure out okay, whose game am I willing to sacrifice a little bit because I'm going to get more out of this person, right? And I think that will be Marty's single most challenging, along with growing young players like Kirby Doc, like Caulfield, like Suzuki, like maybe Slavkovsky. That will be his biggest challenge this year. It's managing that ice time, managing those offensive looks. Because, you know, this is – we haven't even gotten to training camp yet, and we're talking purely about the roster we know is in the NHL right now. Jesse Yalonen looked pretty fucking good last year, and you've got to assume they're not going to want to bury him on the fourth line if he gets NHL looks too, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a good problem to have for sure. But it makes also makes me think there are more moves coming. No, I agree. Uh, I think this is uh, like you. I mean, you kind of said it pretty perfectly. Uh, I think this is going to be a big learning uh, for Martin St. Louis as far as like fitting these pieces in and and being able to put something out there that's you know not detrimental to the players, you know, <laughs> which is, I feel like it's going to be a revolving door for the first, let's say like 10 games um, until, until they feel a bit of consistency, you know, out of the players and then we'll start seeing locks. But I think honestly, um, you know, first, second and more or less third line is, is question marks except for Nick Suzuki and, and Cole Caulfield, which, they're the only constants in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Them everything and else is Allen. a question. And it, yeah, exactly. Um, fourth line's kind of locked in. <laughs> Paul Byron, Jake Evans, Yoel Armia. Um, well, but I think I, I think Yoel's actually a, a questionable. I thought. think Paul's a questionable too. Paul Byron. Yeah. As much as that pains me to say, um. He's a 33-year-old fourth-liner who makes a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. And 
you know what? If he's healthy, I think he I think he is valuable to a team. I think he's valuable to a contending team. I think he's valuable to a rebuilding team. But when That's you're already as... limited when you're limited in roster spots as we are, you have to question if it's worth it. <laughs> Which yet again, I I I Marty St. Louis, like this is a the best way I could equate it to us, it's like it's like in GM, it's like when you play GM mode in NHL. Mm-hmm. And you get like four years in and you've got can you've got so many guys that you want to grow prospects that you've drafted and you're not sure which ones to play and which ones to sacrifice. It's kind of <laughs> like that. Right. So of all of this, we've we can conclude that we have Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki locked in. On the first line, and Jake Evans locked in on fourth center, and there is question marks everywhere else. I think your few constants here: Cole Caulfield, Suzuki. I wouldn't as much. Look, I love Jake Evans. I think I think he is going to stay on this team. I would. He's not. He's not a rock for them. I don't think. I think if they need to move him. Or scratch him some games. It's I think they love him, and I wouldn't put money on it. But you know, it's the reality of being a fourth line, third line player. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't include him there. I'd say Joel Edmondson. That guy, I think his spot's pretty secure on the top pair. Oh, I just meant I just meant offensive, but no, you're right. I didn't even look at yeah, it defensively. Jake Allen, like you said, and. <sighs> I I may I may change my mind on this one, but right now, until a captain is named, Brendan Gallagher will be a a lock. He will he will get ice time. Well that's true. I, I feel like that's guaranteed. I just don't know in what position. I guess I guess that was what I was referring to as as like as far as like lines. No, I just I think Gally, whether or not I agree with that assessment, he will get top six minutes. I think that's I think until something changes, mm-hmm. and if Suzuki gets named captain tomorrow, I may change my mind, but I'm still not totally convinced Gally won't be named captain. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna add him too, but it's it's a it's a tentative um, <laughs> remark. I I'm uneasy about it, but I'm willing to take the risk. No, I think I think that's fair. Um, honestly, I I think Brennan Gallagher is one of the universal guys on this team as far as like you can slot him first, second, third line, and you're gonna get value out of him. Um, Maybe not as not as much first line anymore, but I I still think of of the guys on this team. He he's an easily slottable. He's a little easier slottable than some of the some of them. No, absolutely, and it's sad seeing how injuries have affected Gallagher. I remember when he was being talked about as one of the best right wingers in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. I, I think we kind of forget. Because he was he was so good when the Habs were when Pacioretty was kind of leaving and it was kind of a forgettable period. Mm-hmm. We kind of forget. Holy crap! He was 
you know, he was coming into his own, scoring 30 goals. I mean, 30 goal scorer, Brendan Gallagher. <laughs> like, the guy can play hockey. I think, uh, I think the year that, I mean, we all know it, but the year that he had his arm, his fucking hand blown off by uh, Boychuk, I think that was like, that was going to be his fucking, like, he already had a breakout year, but I think that year was going to be like unfucking real. And that just, that was a tough year for the entire team. Well, but... yeah, he was on pace. He's on pace to shatter career. He had two back to back 30 goal seasons. He was on pace for another one. And just ever since then, it's just been tough for Gallagher. But I mean, he is the staple of this team. I feel like a lot of guys come to this team because of their relationship with Brandon Gallagher, whether they're here still or not. I feel like he's been like, the hub for this team for a you know easy the last decade even even a little bit a little bit over a decade now i feel like i don't know his character just brings people in absolutely um and just to end things off do you want to talk about carry price or do you want to leave that for next week we have been going for a decent amount here but it's up to you um, I mean, I feel I feel we owe it owe it to the fans to comment on it a bit. We don't have to go that far because I mean we've only gotten just the teeniest bit of information, which is still pretty big. But I think we could see more coming out uh, next week. So maybe it's good that it was left to the end that we don't give it as much time as we did Sean Monahan. Um, but I think it is depressing. It, it's it's so tough, but you did. Like, I think the major point of it was Deshaun Monahan, and then them releasing that, you know, because everyone was freaking out about, you know, cap space and shit like that. I think that is the biggest, um, I don't want to say positive note, but I, I think it's just tough, you know. I hate that he played a couple of games at the end of the season, uh, and then we don't. You know, there's a chance we might not even see him at all this year. And is that it? You know, um, there's a lot of unanswerable questions, but it just makes me sad. But regardless, you know, if this is the end of Carey Price, leaves a legend. Um, It just wasn't the news we wanted to see. But at the same time, it's like they, they almost they almost told us with the re-signing of like Montembeau and, you know, stuff like that, it kind of like foreshadowed it, you know? And um, I, I think it's just tough just, just being a loyal fan, you know? No, I think it's especially tough news to hear um, the younger generation of house fans, myself included. I can't remember a time in my life where Carey Price wasn't a Montreal Canadian. I was right. three I was three years old when he was drafted to the fifth overall to the Habs. And I can only remember a year a year of Cristobal Huey before Price was the starter. Or Price and Halak. And mm-hmm. I would yeah. So for the better part of twenty years, he has been the face of the franchise I love, and 
you know, maybe we'll we can go further into it next week. But if this is the end for Carey Price, I think he will have impacted not only a young generation of Habs fans, but a young generation of hockey fans and players. And you know, I hope one day, and I expect to one day see thirty-one hanging from the Bell Center, because you know, I don't. Say what you want about no cup. The days of Habs players needing multiple Stanley Cups to get their jerseys numbers retired are long gone. The original sick days are over. Mm-hmm. And Carey Price is the one of the greatest Habs to ever wear that uniform. Very real. Well said. Um fuck, dude. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna leave it on on a on such a sad note, dude. That is it's going to be a tough pill to swallow. Um, I do have one more thing. I think this is a quick one, and I think this is going to be fun and interactive uh, for our listeners. Um, if you guys want to – I'm about to say it, okay, but if you guys are interested in us in it, send us some feedback. You know, Tell us what you like. Um, Mason, I'm going to go with you first, right? Because, I mean, I already have mine. Uh, stadium snacks, you can only keep three of them, okay? So this is like, let's just say this is, I mean, this is present at all stadiums, but uh, you got popcorn, beer, pizza, a hot dog, hot dog, um, peanuts. I don't know if that's a U.S. thing. I'm going to cut you off here. What's up? You said I can only keep one of them. No, you you can only keep three. Oh, I can keep three. Yeah. yeah. I God, you don't say, listen. Well, I know what I'm keeping. Yeah, beer. <laughs> okay so popcorn beer pizza glizzy boiled peanuts from what it looks like nachos soft drinks pretzels and a bucket of french fries that's got to be a north thing three who the fuck gets french fries at a fucking hockey game i don't know Um, i don't know maybe they're cool maybe they're cold i'm going beer popcorn and hot dogs Beer, popcorn, hot dog. Okay, okay. Um, if you order nachos, you spend fifteen bucks for arena nachos. You are just brain dead, in my opinion. <laughs> Fucking plastic cheese, some stale chips. No, thank you. Heard that. Heard that. Okay, so I'm gonna go beer, peanuts instead of popcorn. Not a big. Popcorn, I don't know. When I'm eating it, it makes like that weird. Uh, I'm getting goosebumps now just talking about it. It makes that weird, like uh styrofoam mixing together sound. And that is like a fucking no-go for me. Like that'll cripple me. Um, but I do like popcorn, but I just can't. If it if it happens too much, dude, uh it'll just make me fucking I don't know, clammy. I'm gonna go beer, peanuts, especially down here, dude. A good boiled hot peanuts fire. Um Damn, I don't fuck with pretzels. I'm not gonna buy plain fries. I don't like soft drinks. Um, glizzy, too much sodium. Chips and cheese, too much sodium. Uh, I'm gonna go pizza. Give me pizza. It's expensive. I won't buy it, but of what's there, that's what I'm gonna go with. So beer, peanuts, and pizza. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not a peanut. Okay. I'm not a peanuts guy. But I guess I can, I'm not. I'm not I the biggest peanuts guy, dude. 
but not gonna lie, my first job, uh, my first job, they used every table had a boat of peanuts, and you can just ask for refills constantly. And I was the fucking idiot cleaning it up, you know, washing dishes and shit. But uh, I kind of grew my love for peanuts. And then down here, dude, they they do peanuts like you would like boiling crawfish. Like you boil those bad boys and some fuck crab oil and shit. So good. So fucking good. Now, that's um, that's not what you're going to get for the most part at, at these games. You know what I'm saying? But like in my mind, that's what I'm taking. Um, But I think the main one is beer. The main one is beer. If you're going to pay for a soft drink, you're fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, if you guys like that, y'all want to comment and you're like, dude, why do you not like uh, pretzels? You know, you think pretzels should be up there. You think, you know, you think Mason's blasphemy on, on nachos is is completely wrong. And you, you, you live somewhere where they don't serve the plastic cheese, you know, feel free. Maybe there's something on here that you think should be swapped out like uh, down here. We we sell po boys at certain at certain games, um, and like alligator hot dogs instead of uh you know regular hot dogs, which are pretty good. Um, maybe maybe there's just like regional differences, you know what I'm saying? But I think I think that was a good I think that was a good assessment. We more or less had the same things. Um, but man, do you have anything else to say before we get out of here? Uh, no, just the. Canada will continue to absolutely spit on and step all over the U.S. in international hockey. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully U.S. brings the, uh, what was that, the trash can, the barrel. We'll bring a barrel next year and we'll see. We'll see if we can get that rivalry running again. Anyway, folks, thank you all so much for listening. This has been Half Nightly. If you like what you heard, uh, give us a five-star review. Give us a follow. Uh, Twitter, if you want, it's at Habs Nightly. Myself is Bayou Benders. Uh, if you really enjoyed it, give us that five-star like. It really helps a lot. It helps more than you think because what it does is it tricks the algorithm in thinking that we're fucking amazing. And then it shows it to more and more people. So that's how we grow this shit. But once again, thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.